0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Hi, everyone. This is uh, Jay Harwood with the latest installment of the amazing Mets alumni podcast. My special guest this week is a recently retired Daniel Murphy, Uh but I got a really serious question to ask you. Really, a serious question. In the two years the FDLS left us in 2016 and 2017, did you ever make an out against the Mets? You make one out.
0: I, I think Jake Jacob chewed me up and spit me out plenty. Yes, so yes, to answer your question, I made I made some outs.
1: Got some very few, too, but very few. Very well, few. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: know,
1: you know what bothered me when we came back to the stadium because because we we're friends is that. People maybe didn't understand. The people who booed you didn't really understand. You didn't want to leave the Mets, and that was, you know, I thought. I said, "Shut up, people! The more you boo, the more hits he's going to get." So <laughs> let it go. Let's cheer him for us. But did, did, did that bother you at all, Murph? I know you you understood you're professional, but did that bother you a little bit at all? The, the first couple of years you went away, knowing that you never really wanted to leave.
0: No, not at all. I mean, it's part of it was. I feel like they were they were booing because there was a division rival that was that was playing well against them and right. and then somebody who would play for them so no I never took it personally. It's 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 Mets fans like they shouldn't be happy if their ball club isn't is losing especially to a division rival and you know we played well in DC and you know won the division those two years but no I never I always thought it was in good fun because yeah, they gave I'm, me a very, I'm, a very, very gracious standing ovation, my first at bat, and um, yeah, you yeah. guys put together, well, you guys put together that awesome montage on the video right. board the first time we yeah. came back. So, you know, it was all, all good. But,
1: but, but I want you to know, I never booed once. You know that I never did once. Right? And I clapped <laughs> under my desk in the press box. I clapped secretly for you.
0: But okay, you never I, booed I, me I, when I was even with the Mets when I tried. No, never, did. Like I never. I did
1: never booed you much before we get into the postseason of 2015, what do you remember about, you know, the uh, the trading deadline in 2015? We're supposed to get Carlos Gomez. We get, you know, uh, Cespas instead. What do you remember about the uh, Wuma Flores game? You know, the, 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 now he's supposed to be traded.
0: Yeah, I think what what immediately comes to me is just the – kind of like the humanity of it you know what I mean like there's a like like Flo is a real human being and and all he knew at that time was like a decade of the Mets like we signed him when he was 16 years old and and here it is he's under the impression that that all he's known you know kind of in professional baseball is like he's now moving on and and so to see that emotion um kind of pour out of him you know it just it just my heart my heart kind of ached for him at how it at how that had ended up happening, kind of on a on a on a on a big stage. You know, he's out in the field and there's nowhere to really run. Um, and then he stays. We get Cespedes, who is unreal. Flo, what he walks us off a couple of days later, does not right. against Just the rushing. Nationals, and then we're we're off and running. And oh by the way, Wilmer Flores is our starting shortstop on a team that went to the World Series. So it's like, what a story, you know? Yeah.
1: So we go back to January 29th of this year. You announced your retirement after 12, 12 years in the majors. What This wasn't a a, a this i you know, I've been thinking about this for a while, Murph.
0: Yeah, I had been thinking about it. I think um, more or less I, I kind of was thinking about it in the sense that heading into 2020 on the first spring training before the shutdown from COVID is like, you don't know how many more of these you're going to get, so you should approach it. Um, as if it's your last, that was my idea heading into camp. And then once we had the lockdown and I was, I was able to be home with, with Tori and our children, it was the first time I got to see what I would be getting if I retired as opposed to just what I would be giving up, which was baseball and awesome guys like you, Jay, and you know, all the relationships we built. So right, I agree. when Fantasy
1: football weeks,
0: well, I still never won one of those things, Even I, years, I never won man. once. Never Goodness won once. Gracious. It's just yeah. mean spirited. I don't understand yeah. why I couldn't yeah. cut the nets down at least once. Yeah. So never won. when I, yeah, when, when, when I left to go to, you know, after the shutdown for the, for the, the, the short season, I was pretty certain that like, this was it. Um, and I tried to approach each day at the ballpark as if it was the last day that they were going to let me, you know, kind of let me come in. And so, yeah, I was pretty certain.
1: Yeah, we're, we're approaching the, the the playoffs, you know, we we get you know in the you get Uribe, Tyler Clifford, uh, Kelly Johnson, but we you know we then we, we picked it up really towards the end of the year, you know, you before the playoffs in two thousand fifteen, you were an All Star, you you uh, you hit 280, 290, 13, 14 home runs a year. Did you expect? Have any idea what was going to happen when the streak – just something I for the people who forget, you know, it was seven home runs in the playoffs, six consecutive games against a couple of the best pitchers in baseball, two against Kershaw, Greinke, Lester, Ariadne, uh, Fernando, Rodney. Did you, did you have any inkling that this is about to happen? No.
0: Jay, you, <laughs> Jay. Jay, I did not think I was going to hit six home runs in a row. Are you kidding me? No, I did not think that. Um, but I do think that, you know, with Kevin Long and Pat Rossler and just the, just the sincere work that they put in with me over the course, starting in spring training, we were starting to get to see some real fruits of our labor starting in August, I think, because I believe I, I had gotten injured, um, and kind of came back kind of around that July period. Um, and then you know, Kevin and Pat, and we all got together and we really started kind of seeing some real fruits in August and felt like finished the street season in a uniquely different way than I had ever done before, which is like a little bit more power. I think, um, you know, heading into the postseason and, you know, didn't you crack a couple and convince yourself that you're seeing the ball pretty well and Try not to overthink it too much. <laughs>
1: two, two, The, the two piece of results for me was the uh, fifth game against the Dodgers, you know, going against Kershaw or DeGrom. He hit the home run in the sixth inning to give us a lead. You know, when and, um, and then remember that game, I remember he went from first to third on a single to score a run. And then really the, the craziest one, we were ahead against Rodney, and he hit a home run at the end. You know, that was the, the last of the streak, but, I mean, you remember what you were thinking around in the bases? You know, after that last home run against Rodney.
0: Yeah, like you got to be kidding me! I can't believe that just happened. I think is um, what I was thinking on that one. And then it was also, you know, I got back in the dugout, and and we had gotten up pretty good on the Cubs, and it sure looked like we were on our way to winning a, you know, to winning a pennant. And I was like, well, this is pretty cool. Like I think it was almost we gave ourselves a little bit of time to kind of enjoy a victory before the game was over, if that makes sense. I think because yeah, did, did, did we win that game by like six or seven, I think? Yeah, it was a
1: big it – was, it was an add-on run, if I remember. Yeah, right
0: and mm-hmm. so I think, you know, we were kind of able to like maybe relax a little bit, catch our breath, I think, and, mm-hmm. and, and maybe take a moment to really just soak in what exactly was going yeah. on.
1: You know, so uh, probably not right after that game, maybe it was after – Maybe it was after the uh the cub series uh you in my work it was a PR guy Murphy you were never an iII I, I guy you always I remember it was easier to get you to come before your locker when when something bad happened when, one game in particular uh you're playing left field I think we were in Miami and you missed a ball in left field the course santana game and and he were right before you right by your locker and I remember I used to try and protect the younger guys. You know when you, you felt it was you always were there by them trying to help them, but you were never an I I I guy and you were always wanted to. You know when things were we you know, we didn't like to really talk about. It. You said the point I'm getting to after the playoffs. I remember I approached you in Sports Illustrated and wanted to do a cover story on your playoffs, and you didn't want to do it. did that come memory come back at all?
0: Yeah, because I actually think as well too. I might have finally did rebuff you. They did something like a little bit of a documentary on the World Series run, didn't they? Right, um, right. Yeah, and yeah, I think um, in some of that stuff, I think it's just a bit fatigued. And also, I don't really like talking about myself that much.
1: With things that didn't go well, you always did. You know what I mean? When you made an error, didn't get ahead, whatever, you always... You always, in front of your locker, David, you know, good for David Wright was always liked that too. He oh. never really wanted to talk about himself so he used to talk about his teammates, but but I just remember in an instance in, in the Satanic game, but I mean, you always were very protective in the air, good times, beer time, which is really important in the New York market, don't you think?
0: I mean, to, well, to be there, to, to I be, think it's an understanding of, of what David kind of showed all of us that we were coming up underneath him, is that, you know, we're here to do a job, and and be accountable for when you don't perform, you know, and also, you know, he said, you know, the writers, they're looking, they have a job to do as well too. And they care about their job as much as you care about yours. And it's like, Hey man, like that's a big deal. And so, you know, just, and I remember Tom Glavin one year we were in spring training when I was in the Meyer legs was spoke to us. And he said that, you know, if you, if you're accountable at your locker, then, then you get to, you get to speak for yourself, you know? Um, And you know, and 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 the writers—they're not looking to burn you down. They have a job to do. They know you're hurting. You know, they know the ball club's hurting. And you know, after a tough loss, especially if you're at the middle of it. So, yeah, I was. There were there were plenty of guys to look to, starting with David, who was like, "This is what it looks like to try to be a professional." And so I just I just tried to do what David did.
1: You did did well, Mark. So that winter, you don't sign with the Mets. You go to Washington. And, and the switch turned on big time. He hit, you know, three forty, close to hundred RBIs, twenty five home runs, led the league in doubles, All Star. You know, next two years, a Silver Slugger Award. Was it was it just a continuation of what Kevin and Pat have been teaching? But I mean, it really clicked in big time.
0: Yeah, it was. It was certainly a continuation of what of what Kevin and Pat and we have been able to work and cultivate in New York, um, and also with Rick Shue and. In, in D.C., um, I think one of the things was is I was I was very fortunate, especially that year in 2016, to have some some success early. And I think that that convinced me or tricked me, convinced me, whatever adjective I guess you I could use is that I think this I may be able to do this for an extended period of time, as opposed to not being quite sure if this is the player I was at the time. And I think that some early success in 2016 really helped to alleviate a lot of the anxieties and self-doubt and questions I was asking myself is like, okay, are you closer to the player that you were the last two months? Well, you're not the player who hit seven home runs in the postseason. Cause that's just, that just, that was just good fortune. Like that, that doesn't happen. Sorry about my language. That crap doesn't happen. <laughs> um, but in, in 2016, it seemed to be kind of like each day kind of like reaffirming like, OK, I this this might this is the player that you might be able to be. You could be you're a bit more dangerous. You're having better at bats. You're, you're driving the ball more. and um, Just kind of wrote it probably for the next two seasons, I would say.
1: Yeah, you know, second in the year, MVP one year. Your career, you know, career, it didn't come easily for you. You switched positions around, first base, second base, third base, left field. And how how tough was it to come back from the multiple knee injuries you had in the beginning? I mean, it wouldn't have been enough to, you know, I mean, it was really, in a row, was one year after another, and it didn't dissuade you, though.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, I I experienced adversity just like everyone else does you know, I would say in every walk of life almost. I mean, I, we are talking about David, but we'd look back at that 2015 team and like David was playing with a broken back. So like, you know, a little bit of a busted knee or something like this. It's, you know, the adversity comes, um, it comes to all of us. And I think I was fortunate enough to have a support group within the Mets um, like David. And then also people like my wife, who's an absolute rock star to just kind of help you get through the adversity that you're naturally going to experience in whatever industry or profession or, you know, as a parent that you're going to experience.
1: Yeah. But looking back on your career, I mean, does it make you feel good that, you know, you went other places after, but what you did really in the 2015, you'll always have a special place in, for Mets, f- hand, Mets fans and Mets history. You'll always be a, you know, when, you read, when you write books about Mets history, you know, Daniel Murphy will always be a key part of it.
0: That's super humbling, and it makes me very excited because you know, we spent a decade there. Jay, I don't know if you know it, we were together for a long time. <laughs> I know, 2006 that, yes. that I was able, to, I was signed, and then you know through 2015, like that's 10 years. And, it's a long
1: time.
0: Yeah. Well, the great relationships that were built in New York, and then to to be humbly accepted, maybe moving forward from Mets fans with the amount of history that the organization has is just. It's freaking cool, man. I think it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I know it's early. Do you have any plans? I know with you touring the three children, you know, just spend a little home time for a while. I mean, what do you have any immediate plans or for in the future?
0: Yeah, right now i just I just want to kind of be be husband and father right now, and just sample what this or not sample, but experience this for for a time. You know, for a bit because it's you know for the last. 15 years, Jay, we're heading down to camp right now, like the bell's about to ring, Right. you know, if spring training starts, and, and I don't have that this year, so, so what does this look like, you know, what does this season of life look like as a husband and a father, um, and also, I'm, I'm heading back, to, I'm back in school right now, taking a couple classes at my, at my college, trying to finish my degree.
1: Really? How close are you to getting your degree, Murph?
0: Um, I'm two classes away, that's a bit of a technicality, though, because they gave me some life experience, Jay, while I was gone.
1: Did you around, play play, yeah. play baseball. Gave you some experiences, you know. Yeah,
0: it gave me some life experience. I probably was about I don't know eight to ten classes short, and they said I could get it done in two. And I was like, well, I'm not going to argue with you guys. I'll be there for the two classes.
1: Well, I'm sure they make mom and dad, a good friend of mine too, very happy to get your go back and get your degree. I don't know if you know some of our players, uh, you know, Mike Palfrey went back to school. Uh, 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 Robin Ventura went back to school, and Mike Baxter went back to school. You know, and, and you're know, coaching. Uh, have you ever thought about coaching on a college level? If you know, and where that something you might consider. I've considered it.
0: Yeah, I haven't probably fleshed it out a whole lot here recently. Um, but yeah, it's something I've I've considered. I've stopped by uh, the college campus on so my classes. I'll go down to the baseball field every now and then. So I've been up there five or six times. So I'll go down to the baseball field. You know, once or twice I've gone and just talk shop with the guys and I don't know it's a we got it's a really cool game we we get to play Jay we got yeah, to play and too. get to watch and like it's a cool game it's a good well,
1: game in closing you're a good friend with you and Tori the kids nothing but the best and it's a pleasure having your friendship all the years and we'll keep doing it man
0: alright Jay well thanks for having me man Murph I appreciate your time